Hello and welcome to this podcast from the BBC World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. Klingt die Musik in deinen Ohren? Dann geht es dir wie uns. Bei Airbus bauen wir nicht einfach nur Flugzeuge. Wir haben eine Mission, das heute mit dem Morgen zu verbinden. Du willst ein Teil davon werden? Das ist deine Chance. Wir suchen motivierte MitarbeiterInnen in vielen Bereichen. Jetzt bewerben unter airbus.com jobs und gemeinsam mit uns abheben. Ready for takeoff? Wünschst du dir, dass dein Lieblingspodcast nicht mehr durch Werbung unterbrochen wird? Gute Nachrichten! Werbefreies Hören bei Amazon Music ist in deiner Prime-Mitgliedschaft enthalten. Gehe einfach zu amazon.de slash gesundheitpodcasts, um noch mehr rund um Fitness und Gesundheit zu lernen. Genieße als Prime-Mitglied tausende Acast-Podcasts ohne Werbung. Einige Podcasts enthalten möglicherweise Werbung. This is Discovery from the BBC with me, James Gallagher. Now, you know how we always talk about there are two inevitabilities in life, death and taxes. Well, what about another one? aging and that's what we're going to talk about today so later i'm going to go to a lab and they're going to gear me up give me a suit that makes me feel like i'm 70 so i'm going to know what future james is going to feel like but first i've come to hyde park and i want you to meet someone who's actually quite incredible and she's called iron grand because she does iron man triathlons didn't start exercise until her 50s and is running marathons into her 80s. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> How many marathons are we up to? You've done London Marathon. Yes, I'd have yeah. to add my Ironman, which is yeah. sort of seven or eight, to about ten marathons, I think, probably in total. <laughs> so you're obviously in incredible shape to be able to do that. But you didn't even start exercising until you were in your 50s. So what was the light switch moment where you were like, nope, something's got to change... I went up to Nottingham University where my yeah. husband and I had both been to watch another friend doing a marathon. And I came back to my husband and said, I want to do a half marathon. You couldn't even go one kilometre, said he. <laughs> that was the challenge. He was probably right at the time. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> so I spent three months, partly with a friend and partly on my own, sort of walking a bit more jogging a little bit and then slowly running so yeah i did that half marathon you did the half marathon in yeah. three months yeah. you went from nothing to a half marathon yes. in three months <laughs> i would You're like scared to look at my time but um <laughs> probably the slowest half marathon ever but uh, i did it so you got the first half marathon in what happened yep. next i did a little bit more running and then sort of thought i'd quite like to do a triathlon um and i learned to swim when i was 60 Because you wanted to do a triathlon, but I had to learn to swim yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I could just about, with my head above water, doing yeah. breaststroke, get a width of the pool. Yeah. No way I could do 25 meters in one go. <laughs> What's your favourite exercise? Cycling. Cycling, of all of them. Why cycling? Well, because I do accept that by running is not what it was cycling i think i still have the potential to stay fit so i did half an hour this morning before my okay, indoor yeah. bike before i came yeah. <laughs> and it's safe indoor biking <laughs> I, did, I, i did want to ask that because I, obviously you're 
fighting time and the aging process with all of this kind of how's that been because lots of people get put off by the idea of doing more exercise as you get older because they think that you know the body's on the way down and you can't challenge it yes i think i feel like i'm a lot younger and you know people say to me what you're 80 um believing that i'm sort of 65 like obviously you have like a quite incredible journey i i I think it's incredible (laughs) you've done in 30 years starting in your 50s um can anybody do that do you think or did the stars align just for you to make that possible i think it is possible and i think you know it's about having friends that you're doing it with it was so important to have that network after my husband had died i suppose at that moment you, there were like two options were there your wall could collapse into yeah. not leaving the house yeah it's like the other version yeah. of eddie that could have yeah. emerged no. from that and that's so important you've got to make the most of, of yeah. your life <laughs> Eddie, I've arranged for a couple of other people to meet us in the park, so we've got a bit of walking to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to try on a suit that's going to add literally decades to my body so I can experience what future James is going to go through. Have a listen to this. This is what it was like when I experienced the old age suit. It's like you're having way too much fun. Oh, already. yeah. You, you haven't seen this yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm Dan Gordon. Um, you're at the Cambridge Centre of Sport and Exercise Sciences at Anglia Ruskin University. What we're going to take you through is using an ageing suit, which will give you the idea and the sensations of ageing. So it kind of accelerates the process a little bit for you. And the way the suit is designed, it's designed using weights and devices that restrict range of motion. You're going to be hunched and rigid. You're going to be hunched and rigid. And then because of the jacket, you've got that whole notion where the hips sink before you put it on yeah how many years are you adding on to my life yeah well, so are we roughly what age is this going to be like so this will probably take somebody into and a lot of it depends upon their kind of natural development for most of our students it's adding about 50 years on their life okay so 70 odd 70 odds yeah for our students okay it's yeah. not adding 50 years on for me no very not <laughs> Shall we suit up? So we suit up, let's do it, right? Okay, so these are the kind of boots that you have when you've, for example, broken your ankle. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen those. You've seen those before? Yeah. So those are designed so you can no longer get flexion and extension in the ankle. So what they've created is not only is it rigid, but now you've, you've lost balance yeah. as well. So in, it classically, in, 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 in some, as we get older, we become less stable. In, in the way we stand. So you can see in, in older people, they tend to use things like zimmers or they use walkers to hold the balance, partly because they're not strong enough to hold the position, but partly because neurologically it's much, much ho- harder to be balanced. I'm afraid you're going to... I'm going to be wobbly. You're going to be wobbly, I'm afraid. Yeah, absolutely. We've then got knee braces. So in the knee brace, what it does is it creates a, a, a lock in the knee. You can flex, but it's really hard to flex the knee. Okay. So as you'll find as you get older. And as we get older, we start to lose muscle form. And if we think about muscle, it's made up of thousands and thousands of fibres. And as we start to get older, we start to get a reduction in the amount of key hormones that regulate muscle function. So things like testosterone, growth hormone, insulin-like growth factor, all of which contributes to, to muscle development. 
So we start to lose not only the size of the fibres, but also we gradually start to see a decline in the number of fibres. If we're not developing muscle and maintaining muscle because we've got a reduction in these hormone levels, we start to see a loss. One of the biggest contributors to the loss is inactivity. All right. Wobbly feet, too immobilised knees. Too immobilised knees. Okay, so you're about to do to my elbows, elbows. what you did to my knees. Correct. Okay. Now we come to the stuff which really creates the postural changes. Yeah. So, I'm going to start with the feet first. And what we do, because what we've got to create next, if you think about somebody who's older, you've got the, 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 the hips start to, to, to sag. We know as we're about to experience the posture, you start to get that lean. But think about the walk. What do we classically see in somebody who's older? It's much harder, isn't it, to, to lift the foot. Mm. If you think about what's happening, is that it's much more of a shuffle. shuffle. Yeah. We're going to create the shuffle. And the simple way to create the shuffle is we're just going to add weights around the ankles. So it's now going to be harder for you to lift up, to lift up. up the foot. Lift that up now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right, this is going to be. Yeah, that's yeah, heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> this is, this is what we're after. We want that kind of heavy feeling. So these are going on the wrists. So again, we think about the notion of walking. Part of the walking action that we all do, which is actually, we do it very subconsciously, of course, is the arm swing. Yeah. So we have a natural arm swing. So this this reduces the capability in the arm swing. <laughs> How long do I have to be like this? <laughs> we're, we're going for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. Right, so, that's all the easy stuff. Okay. Now we've got the biggie. So what I want you this to do... This is the last one. This is the last bit. This is heavy. So okay. be warned. So this is 20 kilograms. So this looks like a flat jacket you would see someone wearing in a war zone, it's really. It's very similar to yeah. that. Okay, it's coming over your head. Okay, yep. Take your head back. So now, you're, you're in a position now where we've, we've changed everything posturally. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is stand up. How easy do we think this is going to be? Because normally I would just leap out of a chair. You'd leap out of a chair. Yeah. That's why I'm giving you a chair with arms. Because I suspect, like, like our students, they will literally just, just stand up. I suspect how you normally get out of a chair. Yeah. Let's see what you do this time. Should I just try standing just try up standing without, up the, without arms the arms first? Okay. Okay, <laughs> this is not going well already. I'm going to try shuffling right to the edge okay. of the chair. Yeah, which you think about that now from, from an older person's perspective. Yep. Think about the, the dangers. Yep. So now what you're doing is you're ch- shuffling to the edge of a chair, you're less stable, you're trying to almost create a catapult effect. Mm. You're trying to, and actually, the dangers of that is you're more likely to fall over. Okay, so I'm up. I'm up without using the arms, but I have to go into kind of a squat yeah. position yeah. off the chair and then bring myself Right. So did upright. you see the way you suddenly stood? So as soon as you stood up, yeah. your knees bent, you were yeah. leant forward a little bit. I yeah. entered like a crouching position Correct. to get out of the chair. Yeah. And then I've tried to straighten tried up. You've tried to stay, straighten as up. As I've come out. So what yeah. I'd like you to do I am now, standing perfectly still. Though. You are. So now I'd like you just to take a few steps. Producer's pointing me towards the mat in case I fall over. <laughs> I think that's what that was. Do you know what I feel like? 
You know when you see those um, videos of AI robots that don't know how to how walk to properly? Walk. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I feel like. It's like kind and of like one slightly lumbering step at a time. And if you look at the way your gait's changing, can you feel the, what's happening in terms of the way your hips are moving now? Because normally, what, what's your hip? Well, what's normally your I didn't even think about it. Correct. Now you're thinking. But if you notice what's happening... I'm really having to focus on transferring the weight from one side of my body right. to, it, to the other. And also, what you can see is that the hip... You're starting to, rather than move in a forward plane, mm. you're actually now starting to swing the hip. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, so if you turn around... Ah, there you go, and the knees are starting to bend. Yeah, but uh, these are all things that are making it easier to walk, though. Case, yeah. Like, like, like the, the, it's not like it's the weight's crushing me down. No. It's like, actually, this is a more stable it's way more of stable, moving. Which is exactly what we would see in, 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 in an elderly yep. person. Okay, so if you head back towards the chair... 70-year-old <laughs> James has had chairs a long way away already, long okay? Way away. And therein lies the issue, doesn't yeah. it? That suddenly what would be a very easy task to complete suddenly looks very, very difficult in order to... I have to a do. lot of respect for all those 70-year-olds that still run marathons. So, Eddie, back here in the park with you. Um, it seems remarkable the amount of exercise you managed to do. I mean, was it hard? Because, you know, lots of people really struggle. There's so many barriers to overcome to do any level of exercise. So, kind of like, what did you have to deal with? I was a social worker for yeah. 45 years, bringing up three children. And, you know, I was the one who was driving them around to their various activities rather yeah. more than oh, so my the, husband. the kids were active. <laughs> yes, but, yeah. yes. <laughs> so no chance, really, to do any sport at all. Eddie, I've got a couple of people I, I want to, you to join in with a chat with as we discuss why there are so many barriers to some people taking part in exercise. Yeah, so, great. shall we meet them? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hi. Hello. So, this is Eddie. Um, I'm James. I'm Dr. Josephine Perry. I am a sport and exercise psychologist. I'm Cassie Phoenix. I'm a professor of physical activity and health. I'm Dr. Theronierek Alva. I'm an academic researcher and a GP as well. Eddie Brocklesby, <laughs> a fairly old runner, walker, cyclist. Well, quite possibly the fittest person here. <laughs> so, Josephine, one of the things I find interesting is that lots of us will go, when I retire, I'm free. I'm free of work. I can do whatever I want. I can finally get fit. But that isn't the reality, is it? No, it's, it's often the intention but actually the reality is people do less exercise when they retire. Some people get quite a few caring responsibilities. So not only are they caring for other halves who might be poorly, they're often actually caring for their children's children. So they get extra responsibilities. Some people feel like they deserve the break. I've worked really, really hard for years and years. Why should I be doing extra? Often quite a few of us have an active commute. And so commuting and having that routine with the way we're working does get us in some kind of sneaky exercise. And that disappears. And then there's a fear about, oh, I don't want to do too much and hurt myself or get injured or fall. So it's easier not to do anything. Therini, how much exercise should people be doing as they get older? Ideally, people should be doing a mix of aerobic activity. So we recommend that people do 150 minutes of moderate activity a week and then also mixed into that people should be trying to do some sort of strength training so ideally twice a week. How big a problem is it that people aren't doing that amount of exercise? A lot of people I talk to in clinic are doing almost nothing or they say they're walking and then you ask them 
really what what they are doing and it's kind of a meander rather than a, a brisk walk which is what you need to be doing to get moderate activity so it's a real chronic problem among older adults we know that less than 50% probably closer to a quarter of older adults are only meeting the physical activity guidelines so it's a real big problem. Cassie what's getting in the way? Growing older in England right now is not easy. You know, there are people visiting food banks, there are people who would just see themselves working indefinitely to support their income. Uh, they don't have a lot of joy in their lives, and that's not to say that they shouldn't be trying to find it, but perhaps the ask is too big to put the onus on the individual to go out and make that happen. So we need to be thinking about how can we support our societies to be more active. I was walking around the park before we met, uh, you know, and, and this is such an easy place to be active. Is There's public transport that brings you right here. It's a safe feeling. It's a lovely place to be. You know, the trails are all laid out. All those other factors need to come in alongside the sort of self-determination yeah. components. Do you know one of the things you didn't mention there that oh. came up so much in the research? It sounds so silly, but it's toilets. Yes. People menopause. hate the idea, especially when you've gone through the menopause yes. or you're older and everything's a bit weaker. Yeah. Hate the idea of going to a park. You might be 20 where minutes away from a toilet. You might be 20 mm. minutes from a toilet. They might be really scary because mm. they're closed or they're all yeah. dark and horrible and they've not mm. been refurbed. It's a massive barrier, um, right. And we know that when people are in an area they don't feel safe, they are much, much less likely to exercise. So you can see where there's bars on windows in cities, mm. they're not going to go and exercise. Where there's no safe public toilets, where there's no benches they're not going to exercise so it is absolutely about that how do we create an environment where it's easy to do it yeah because at the moment it's very easy to do nothing super easy to do nothing um eddie you work with a lot of people that are in a very different circumstance to you don't you through what's the name of the group silver fit and that's sort of encouraging healthier aging for older people i found that we were getting a higher number of women coming to get fitter and not men and that's where we started walking football you know to get those men more active and that was quite successful (laughs) is there a stigma about exercising in older age yeah i would definitely say absolutely ageism is pervasive in our society we see it in relationships whether that's your family members kind of going you sure you should be doing that at your age are you sure you might just need to like ease off a little bit and ageism is also something that we can kind of self-project as well you know oh i'm too old to learn to ride a bike i'm too old now to learn to swim so you see those opportunities for growth and learning new skills people can kind of very easily talk themselves out of it You made a really important point there about um, families. One of the things we found was that it's families that stop older people exercising and it's their peers that push them too. So so, so, so it's the sons and daughters getting in the way. It's the sons and daughters getting concerned about their parents' health and whether they'll be safe doing it and almost holding them back. That's the thing that people tend to worry about. The older you are, the, the more dangerous an injury could be. Therony, do you want to come in? Absolutely. So people often say things like, I'm worried about falling... I'm worried about doing too much. So often people feel like if you're older, you can't do so much or you can't push your body to a certain level because they're fearful of what will happen to them. Although there is a risk of injury, we know that people who are more physically active are less frail. They have better physical function. They have better levels of muscle mass, which Eddie can (laughs) attest to. And therefore, they're at lower risk than their counterparts of getting injured. You're lowering your risk of having osteoarthritis, of having pain. You're reducing your risk of having a fall. Cassie, if you're worried about tripping or falling and you've got a street with like slightly loose pavement stones or cobbles, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to go out for a brisk walk there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so when there are lots of wet, soggy leaves around, it might not actually be raining in the moment, but the fact that the ground is slippery and soggy and muddy um, is a real deterrent to people. And also ice, because that was fear of falling as well. And generally feeling Which in unsafe. some parts of the UK, pavements are icy for a lot of yep. winter. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that topic, I have been learning how to fall properly because I have had multiple accidents with my bike where I've broken arms. Um, take a listen to this. Hi, I'm Dr. Katrina McDonald, Senior Lecturer in Sport Coaching here at Anglia Ruskin University, but I'm also the Judo Coach here at the University. So the point is we're going to learn how to fall, and yep. you've decided that the way you're going to teach me fall is presumably to throw me onto the floor multiple times <laughs> no, no. no no we're literally going to look at the way the principles from judo will help you have a better understanding of how to fall safely so this is the first lesson for you we're going to look at two things straight away the first one is your head is on the floor but what i'd like you to try and do is bring your chin up so your head never touches the floor heads are very important my, so knees, line my back yeah just on your back knees up like in this kind of 45 degrees, feet under your knees, knees up, that's it. So you feel yep. comfortable and safe. The next thing we're going to have a look at is where we put our arms. Now, in judo, I like to wear white. So I like to think of myself like an angel. Uh, so what we're doing is bringing our arms out like angel wings. This is kind of like a 45 degree angle here. So what we're going to do is we're going to put one hand over our tummy. And as we roll to the side, we're going to bang the floor now. I'm on my back. My yep. knees are up. My head is off the mat and I'm rolling from side to side and using the whole of my arm. Big surface area. Every time I roll over. That's very good. So what we're gonna look at is the third element, which is the more complex one because it's to do with the timing. So I'm gonna show you and then you can have a crack. Okay. So I'm bringing my knees to my, to my I'm chest. I'm still all on the floor. We, haven't done, we haven't done this from standing up yet. <laughs> that feels like that might be the hard bit. I think everything is about building and building confidence. Yeah. And if you were comfortable and you were like, oh, Katrina, I'm ready to go, then we will progress it. Yeah. So what we're going to do here, we just ask people to have a look, rock back. And this element with rocking is very difficult because you're using your core muscles. Okay, so, so sitting up, feet yep. together, knees up, like a little ball, and then I'm just going to roll back. Yep. Feet come off the floor. and Yeah, perfect. So... Now we're going to add the elements from before. So we had the tucking our chin in, making a big surface area. And this third rocket element is about timing. Okay. So what we're looking to do, you've probably got top of your trousers or a belt or some kind of in your lower back. Mm -hmm. So when that bit of you rolls back and touches the floor, that's when your hands are coming in. So I'll show you. So I'm here in this crouched position. And as I start to roll backwards here, the top of my trousers hits the floor, chin down, hands down. So it's almost about how do I make that big surface area? You don't have to make a big bang. There's no competition. It's just, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> so everything is about progression. So you can get people to practice it in different ways. So that one was very much backwards. Depending how you're falling, it might be that your momentum is so much, you're going to fall forwards. Quick, protect my head. Elbow to fingertips down. Let's not reach down with the tiny bit of surface that's on, on my hands. Let's go for my fingertips or elbow. And even if you bang your knees, that's okay. That will bruise and I'm sure it will be really painful. But much less painful than a broken wrist. And that happens a lot in the over 65s. So anything from fingertips to your shoulder, protecting your head, that's what we're trying to achieve. Well, that was my experience of falling, everyone. I I think I'm a little bit more confident. Hopefully I won't have to go through that anytime soon. Um, but now, before we all 
go. I suppose the thing that I, I'd like all of us to have a thought on is how do you get from a position where some people may not have done any exercise since they were in school and then you reach old age or retirement and reach that point where actually it would be really beneficial for your health in what could be another 30, 40 years of life. How do you reach that person? Is there any? People who have done sport before are the almost the easy ones because they already know what the buzz is of doing activity. The people who interest me are the people who say, I, I want to do something, but I've never done a sport. I can't go here or there. And I think the, the way you get the most people is getting them to integrate something into their routine. So they're walking briskly to the supermarket. They're carrying shopping bags, kind of redefining what we say is exercise. Josephine? So there's a great theory of motivation we use a lot in exercise psychology called self-determination theory. And it suggests we tend to have three types of motivation. So there's a motivation where you just cannot be bothered to get off the sofa and you're never going to do anything. It's extrinsic motivation where you do it for a reason. And that tends to be the health reason. If you don't get healthy, X will happen to you. So that can be a, a real push. But the big one is intrinsic motivation where you do something because of the love and the joy you get from it. And that's what we would love people to have for exercise. And to get that, there's three pillars. So there's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of competency. Like no one wants to show up and be rubbish at something in front of other people. And there's a sense of autonomy. And that's that real choice and a voice of finding something you love. And so I think when we can think about how do we help people feel like they belong in that world. And that's what I love about Silverfit is the sense of community. But any community, that helps. And how do we help them find something they will just find some joy in and that they love? And there are hundreds of different sports out there. If we think back to PE days, it was like, for me, it was hockey or rounders. And I hated both. <laughs> and that was it. So suddenly you've, you've got in your mindset, I don't do sport. I hate sport. I, I work with people in their 50s and 60s who, want, who are doing lots of sport. And they might be training for an Ironman. But they can't get the right motivation for it because they are still scarred by that by idea. By cross-country run. By the cross-country run. <laughs> it's always the cross-country run. Or the being picked last for the teams yeah. that they still did when I was at school. And that, So you don't have an identity as an active person. Mm. Your identity mm. is as the person that tried to hide in the changing rooms where it was mm. warm for as long as possible. And that makes it really hard to get back into it mm. or to even start it when you're older because your identity is just not there. There's a wonderful kind of concept around this notion of narrative foreclosure and it's really the idea of if you already know or believe you know the final chapter of the story, why would you read on? Mm. And people have applied that to older age, young people looking ahead way before they're older but having really fixed ideas of what older age is and just looking for that to be confirmed all the time. And I think sometimes the kind of health discourse while the intentions are, are really sound and it's accurate that the more active you are, you know, the better your health is, by only ever talking about physical activity in relation to arthritis, heart disease, uh, dementias, mm. you know, you just almost perpetuate that kind of, this is what's in store, folks, <laughs> kind of thing. So certainly bringing in that fun and all, you know, all the things we've talked about before are just really, really important for those sort of broader understandings of what ageing means in our society. Thank you so much for chatting to me in the park. It's been really fascinating and I hope everyone's going to, you know, be like Eddie. Yeah, is that the plan? Be yeah. more Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> So all that's left for me to say is thank you for listening to Discovery from the BBC with me, James Gallagher. The producer was Tom Bonnet.
Klingt die Musik in deinen Ohren? Dann geht es dir wie uns. Bei Airbus bauen wir nicht einfach nur Flugzeuge. Wir haben eine Mission, das Heute mit dem Morgen zu verbinden. Du willst ein Teil davon werden? Das ist deine Chance. Wir suchen motivierte MitarbeiterInnen in vielen Bereichen. Jetzt bewerben unter airbus.com jobs und gemeinsam mit uns abheben. Ready for takeoff? Wünschst du dir, dass dein Lieblingspodcast nicht mehr durch Werbung unterbrochen wird? Gute Nachrichten! Werbefreies Hören bei Amazon Music ist in deiner Prime-Mitgliedschaft enthalten. Gehe einfach zu amazon.de slash gesundheitpodcasts, um noch mehr rund um Fitness und Gesundheit zu lernen. Genieße als Prime-Mitglied tausende Acast-Podcasts ohne Werbung. Einige Podcasts enthalten möglicherweise Werbung.